A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little, it is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Everyone to Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yudi Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites, and this episode has been generous, generously sponsored by. Really, this whole mini series has been generously sponsored by Med Equipped, there to provide you or your loved one with a custom motorized wheelchair at home or at a facility that is completely covered by insurance. Call eight four five two three seven. 2381 or email info at com. Tell them that Yehuda from Jewish History Soundbite sent you, and then you can help support the great work of Jewish History Soundbites. And on that note, I'd like to mention that you can submit names for good health, for memory of a loved one, for businesses, for any sponsorships. You can email me at ygebss at gmail.com for details uh, in regards to that. So this is actually uh, part of a mini-series, like I said. This is not just a regular episode. We're going to have a, now a three-part, hopefully, if we make it through all three parts, of um, leading up to the great uh, event very soon of the Siyum Hashas of the Dafyoimi. So we'll have a little bit of the history. Everyone else out there, did the actual learning of the Siyam Hashas, and since I didn't, unfortunately, so I have to participate in other ways. So um, we'll give a little of the history of the Siyam Hashas and the Dafyaimi. And I mentioned to uh, someone who I know that I'll be doing a mini-series on the three-part series on the Dafyaimi. He says to me, the history of the Dafyaimi is only going to take you five minutes. How are you going to have a three-part series? What's there to the story? Mayor Shapiro founded the Dafyaimi. They learned the Dafyaimi, and they made a Simasha. See, even less than five minutes, I did it in 30 seconds. So what's the what's the big deal? What's the big story here? So I guess we'll find out if there's actually a story or not. And we'll go back um, to the beginning. So the first part, and this part, what I want to examine is who actually founded the, the idea, who came up with the idea and promulgated the idea of learning the Daf um throughout the Jewish people to lead towards the Siyam Hashas. Where did it come from? And of course, it's a given 
that it was Rameer Shapiro. So I'm going to give away the end of the story before I even go through it. And the end of the story is, is that it is Rameer Shapiro, and that is the uh, correct answer. And we're not going to change that. Definitely uh, too too big of a, uh, a story to change, but but he actually is the, the founder. And I'm going to explain why, because there's been all types of other theories about how really it was someone else's idea. Of course, when an idea is successful, there's all types of other people who jump on the bandwagon, but there were other people who moved it along, and that's uh, the, the way with his, it is with any idea that's uh, that actually, until it actualizes and materializes, there's um, all kinds of factors involved. But at the end of the day, it was Rameer Shapiro who made it happen, which will be the subject of part two, who was Rameer Shapiro and uh, and uh, the Dafyemi idea. But part one is going to be the background and who else uh, might have been involved at that point. So, We'll start. Um, we'll start with people. Really, there's two angles here. Is were there other people who influenced Rameer Shapiro himself? And then there's another side to it. Is is were there were there people who preceded Rameer Shapiro, unrelated to him, with the idea that amongst the Jewish people there should be this wonderful idea of people learning the same Daf Gemara every day. And this way would be, be a way to unify the Jewish people and, and also to uh, promote Torah study at a large scale and finishing Shas and all kinds of wonderful things. Were there other people who had that idea? So the first, the first thing we have to say is that Ramir Shapiro was from Galicia. He's actually born in a, in, a, in a town that's in Romania today, really, really south from the mainstream areas of Jewish life. He was in a town called Schatz. Which, um, which, uh, which we'll get back to in a, in, a, in a couple of minutes about the relation of Shutz to Rameir Shapiro. And he was born into a Hasidish family. And the Hasidists that he belonged to, most Romanian Hasidim belonged to one of the Rizhiner branches. And as the Rameir Shapiro, he belonged to the Chortkover Hasidus, to the, that branch of Rizhin. The Chortkover Rebbe was his Rebbe. And Rabbi Israel Friedman, who had run away to Vienna from Chartkiv with the outbreak of World War One. So in the you know years that Rameir Shapiro grows up, he's still in Chartkiv, but in the interwar period, he's running his Hasidus, which is in Poland and Galicia, which is in Romania, which is in Hungary, and he's running it from Vienna. That's what the Chartkiv Rebbe is doing, and he's a very active Rebbe, very powerful leader, one of the main pretty much the main leaders of uh, Agudis Yisrael, up there with the Ger Rebbe. And he, Rameir Shavir is very close with his Rebbe, the Chartkover Rebbe. So there is uh, one version that says that the Chartkover Rebbe had the idea to uh, start the Dafyaimi, and and had the idea that, again, what's the idea of the Dafyaimi? Let's uh, articulate it so there's no... Uh, confusion about it. The idea of the Dafyaimi is not that people should learn Torah or that people should learn Gemara. That existed even before the Dafyaimi. The idea was is that there should be a widespread idea amongst the Jewish people that A, they should all be learning a Daf a day, be covering a certain amount of material, covering a certain amount of ground, meaning a Daf a day, that it should be the same Daf that everyone's learning. Everywhere amongst the Jewish people, everyone should be learning the same daf. And it should be according to an organized system that you go through the entire shas together towards the goal of finishing shas. That is the idea of the daf. Amy, 
There are many, many learning programs that existed before. There was in, in any town that, that respected itself, there was these autonomous, what they would do, they were called agudas within the kahal, within the Jewish community framework. There was agudas, there was chevras or agudas. Um, not a good as Yisrael, a good as in uh, groupings, or chevras, uh, chaburas of, of people. They were chevra Tehillim, chevra Ein Yaakov, chevra Mishnayis, and many of them had a chevra shas. That means there was the idea that a group within the community came together every day to learn and study Gemara together was not a foreign idea to the Jewish people before the Dafyaymi. The novelty of the Dafyaymi was that it would be widespread amongst the Jewish people, it would be coordinated, it would be to cover a certain amount of ground, meaning a daf every single day, towards the goal that everyone together in every place that they are would be learning the same daf and finishing shas at the same time. So it, there is one version of the story that the Chart Kavarebbe had the idea, and and he is, is, had had his chassid, Rameir Shapiro, who was a rising star in the Jewish world, uh, recommended and presented at the first Knesiyah Gedayla of Agudis Yisrael in Vienna in the summer of 1923, because he felt that if he would present it himself, then it would be a chart cover thing. And then only chart cover Hasidim would do it. And, and other people would say, well, I'm not a chart cover. Why should I do it? That's a, a chart cover uh, internal uh, program. But if Rameir Shapiro, who's a rising star on the Jewish scene in a more general sense, and he's done even though he's a Chartkev or Chaseb, but he's not specifically associated with Chartkev, and this way it would be more accepted. It, it's very possible that the Chartkev ever had the idea. It's hard to accept uh, that, that, uh, that, that this is exactly how it happened, because Ramir Shapiro was an almost unknown at the time that he raised the idea. He was a rabbi of a small town in, uh, in Galicia. He was 30 years old. It was, it was um, before he, his he became famous. It was before he was in Piotrka, before he was Rashid in Lublin. It was before any of that. Um, it could be. It could be. There's another version that it was a Breslover Chassid that Ramir Shapiro was later close to Ben Siyun Apter, and it was his idea, and he suggested it to Ramir Shapiro. And also, the years don't really add up. Um, um, he was close with the Breslover Chassid much later on in life. However, there is another version that it was the Shatzarebbe, who was today big school in London. I've never had a group in uh, London yet, but maybe soon. And the Shatzarebbe in buried in London, who a lot of people go daven by, he was, as his title uh, would imply, he was the Ravin Shatz, where Ramir Shapiro grew up. And uh, he may have been, he may have influenced the younger Ramir Shapiro about it. It's ironic because. If, if I'm not mistaken, this Shatzer Rebbe sent a son of his to go learn in Yeshiva's Chach Milublin, uh subsequently by Rameir Shapiro. So you have a Shatz connection to Rameir Shapiro on all ends there. It was his Rav growing up, and later he was a Talmud in Chach Milublin, got smicha from the Yeshiva. But uh could be that the idea originated with the Shatzer Rav Rebbe um, um, at that time also, before he left Shatz and moved to England. However, there's much better, much more well-documented stories. There's a couple of articles that came out on it recently that I read, and very interesting, and um, um, some of their conclusions seemed plausible, some of their conclusions seemed less plausible, but I'll bring you, uh, I'll bring you all the uh, information and let, let the listeners decide what seems uh, more realistic or not. 
There was an Aguda activist who was a Rav in a town near Warsaw, and his name was Ramesh Menachem Spivak, or Spivak, I guess in English. Um, and he wrote an article for the relatively new Aguda publication, Diglenu, in 1921. And in this article, he, and this, you know, the Diglenu articles are archived. They're accessible. You can see them. So here I'm not making it up. And, and it's dated. So you see, it's 1921. It's clearly two years before Ramir Shapiro proposed it at the Aguda Knesset Gadayel in 1923. So he definitely preceded Ramir Shapiro. That And he writes there, there would be a great idea. And he's focused on Aguda Sistro, which is, again, a, a relatively new organization at the time. And he says that every all the member Agudas Yisrael members around Poland, around the world, even should learn Daf Yomi. They should learn the same Daf. They should learn it together. And everywhere people would go, they would find other people learning the Daf. Meaning, pretty much the same words that Ramir Shapiro famously famously said at the Knesset that the vision that he has is that a person gets off the plane or boat in America and he re- sees people. Uh, learning the same daf as he was learning back in Warsaw before he left. And and, and that, that already is articulated in this article in the Diglenu uh, Agoda magazine in 1921 by this Rabbi uh, Spivak. So not only that, Ramir Shapiro was big in Agoda Sisro. And he definitely knew, and uh, they definitely had encounters, this Rabbi Spivak and Ramir Shapiro. They knew each other, encountered each other. Presumably Ramir Shapiro even read Diglenu, it was an Agoda publication. So here's a very, very strong uh, reason to think that the idea originated with this rabbi, who unfortunately, he and his family were killed uh, by the Nazis in Auschwitz and did not survive the war. So he's uh, somewhat a forgotten figure, and it's important to give credit where credit is due. And the, the idea may have originated with him. However, and I'll get to that towards the end of this podcast, it's still, you have to see it in context, you have to see how, there's a difference between coming up with the idea and creating it and making it happen and uh, bringing it into a movement. So, But it's very possible that the idea may have originated with him, and this article may be the first uh, source for it. And we already see the Aguda connection. In other words, till today, the Siyam uh, Ashas is associated with Aguda Yisrael, and it's mainly because of Mayor Shapiro, who was... It was presented at the Knesset Gedayel of Agudas Yisrael by Rameir Shapiro. Rameir Shapiro was a big Agudist. He even served in the parliament for Agudas Yisrael. Uh, but even here, even in the proceeding at two years earlier, it originally appeared in Aguda publication. Okay. Happens to be that this article I was reading brought a very interesting thing from a Rav who lived in America even earlier, 1910, going even, uh, even more, another decade earlier, um, he gave a suggestion, which he published in a sefer, and it was actually written in Yiddish. So I don't know, it was written in where he was Rav. He was a Rav in New York. So it's a sefer published in New York in 1910 in Yiddish. So I don't know how far the readership was, and I don't know if it had any influence beyond its uh, immediate uh, surroundings. But um, he proposed in there, and this Rabbi Yecheskel Fraser, 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 in that the Hevra Shas, like I mentioned earlier, uh, shuls, communities, shtetls back in Europe, very often had different Hevras. Very often it was simple Jews. There would be a Hevra Ein Yaakov to study the Sefer on the 
Agadita sections of the Shas, or Echever Tehillim, or Echever Mishnayis. In fact, when I was a single uh, bacher in the mirror, and I used to daven very often at a local Yerushalmi shul called Batei Nathan, the small neighborhood near the mirror, near Beis Yisrael. And uh, in Batei Nathan, there was a bunch of elderly Yerushalmi Jews, simple Jews, working people, laborers, after Vasikin in Batei Nathan, they would sit around the table for 10 minutes and they would learn Mishnayis. And it was the Chevra Mishnayis of Batei Nathan. It was a beautiful simplicity. And here I had read about it in, in all these books about the uh, the life of yesteryear. And here it was live, so it still exists in a couple of corners of the world, the Chevra Mishnayis. So there were towns that also had a Chevra Shas and they would go through Shas there. I mean, there's printed uh, um, in many svarim about uh, about siyum hashases of chevra shas, where the rabbi of the town would speak at the siyum hashas, and the members of the chevra shas would make siyum hashas, and they would go through shas together, and these things existed. So what this rabbi in America, Rabbi Freiser, is proposing in 1910 in this Yiddish speech that he had printed was that the different chevra shas and the different communities, different shuls in New York City should get together and at least learn the same Masechta. And if they're learning the same Masechta, they're kind of learning together. And he said, maybe try to cover a certain amount of ground. And he suggests perhaps it should be a Dafa day. And there you have, and also the origins of that idea. And he bases it on the original Shah's framework and, and system. So that also, again, I don't know how much influence that had, but this uh, article that I was reading wanted to say that here was another... Uh, origin of the idea of Zafiyami without any connection whatsoever. This one already has zero connection to Mayor Shapiro. Unlikely that it got very far at all. And as far as we know, the proposal wasn't even accepted after he uh, after he set it up. However, there is one serious contender for the position of, of having founded it, and it goes on both ends of the story. And that is none other than the Ger Rebbe. The Ger Rebbe, the Emrayemes, the one and only, the, uh, the one who did so much for the Jewish people at that time, and was a, almost an unparalleled leader of, the, of Polish Jewry, of, of world Jewry at the time, his influence and his initiative and the programs that he backed up and initiated himself and led. He was a tremendous leader, and there's really so much to talk about the Ger Rebbe, the Imrayamis, the Alter Rebbe of Ger, of Ram Mordechai Alter. But there's a book, which originally was published in, in Hebrew in the 1950s, by an elderly Ger Chassid named uh, something or another, Bromberg, I forgot his first name. But it's a very accessible book, because it's trans- translated into English and published by Art Scroll about the Rebbes of Ger, and it's right there. It's right there, an art scroll book, and not a very, I didn't find this in some archive that, that only are accessible to historians, absolutely not. It's sitting right there, that a couple of years after the Gera Rebbe became Rebbe, becomes Rebbe in 1905 when the dies, and he proposes in 1908, he sends out a circular, some sort of message to all the Gera Stiblach. now there was like 800 Gera Stiblach in Poland, it's a huge Hasidus, and he writes there, 1908, that all the shtibels should be makbid on learning. And Ger was always into learning from the Chidush Arim's time. And he says that between Mincha and Mayriv, they should all learn, and they should learn Gemara. 
And he says, it would be good if all of our shtibbles would be learning the same Masechta. They should cover a daf a day between Mincha and Mairev. And this way everyone would be learning together. This way people who are traveling and they would come to a Gerash in some other part of Poland, they would be able to be on the same pace, at the same place. And this way would bring unity to the Hasidus, which is huge and spread all over. That was one of his ways to bring them together. So there you have in the same place as Ramirez. This is ready before our Gudas Yisrael, even though the Gerev became synonymous with the Gudas Yisrael, but in 1908, there was no Aguda. This was an internal Gerev thing. And there the initiative comes from one of the leaders of Poland. It was presumably implemented, at least on some level. I don't know how, how widespread it became, but usually the Gerevs listened to their Rebbe. And not only that, but we see how it ended. Why? Because we see that the Gareb was on both bookends of the Dafyaimi story, because after the Mayor Shapiro proposed the idea, and it was during the summer, it was during L of 1923, and Mayor Shapiro's proposal at the Knesia in 1923 was that they should begin the Dafyaimi on the upcoming Rosh Hashanah holiday, and he had no way of guaranteeing that it would actually happen, right? Social media wasn't really working back then. And like I said, Romero Shapiro wasn't the famous and well-known Romero Shapiro that he later became. He was younger still. He was a rub of a small town. He wasn't that famous. How would he guarantee that it happens? How is he going to guarantee that on that coming Rosh Hashanah it's going to happen? So the Ger Rebbe guaranteed it. Because when there's tens of thousands of Hasidim in Ger, in, in Ger that year, then Rosh Hashanah, and at the end of davening, the Ger Rebbe turns to his Gabbai and he says, Bring me a brachis. Bring me a gemara brachis. That's it. Tens of thousands of Hasidim hear that the Ger Rebbe is starting the Dafyaimi. It's not just a dream. It's not just a vision now. Now it's real. The Ger Rebbe is doing it. And they all scramble and start learning the Daf. Now the, the, the way the story is said is that there were not enough gemara brachis in Ger. Ger is a small town for everyone to learn, and the Gerers are all pushing for the brachas, and a bunch of people are huddling over one Gemara brachas together and studying it. What happens? They get back on the Kalaika, the, the train that went from Warsaw to Ger, they come back to Warsaw, and they spread it around the 150 Gerish Tiblach in Warsaw, and it spreads to other Hasidus, and it gets back to Ludz, and the big cities, and it spreads across Poland. Why? Because of the Gerer Rebbe. In other words, the Ger Rebbe from 1908 initiated the idea, the original nucleus of the idea, and then he makes it happen after Mayor Shapiro proposes it. So if there's any real contender, it's the great Ger Rebbe who backed up Mayor Shapiro and all his stuff. He backed up Mayor Shapiro in his yeshiva, he backed up Mayor Shapiro in parliament, and also with Daf Yaimi. Why, at the end of the day, is it really Mayor Shapiro and only Mayor Shapiro? Because anyone else who has ideas, and even if they write about the ideas, and even if they try to make it happen at a small level, but at the end of the day, starting the Dafyaimi is not just about having an idea. Starting the Dafyaimi and making it happen is not just about the vision, it's about bringing it from vision to practicality. And the one who did that, the one who made it, the one who did it, actually, was for sure a Mayor Shapiro. Romero Shapiro brought it out in the most public forum at the Knesset Gadol of Goodies Yisrael. He then went on ahead on a campaign across Poland and later across Europe and the United States. He recruited people. He spoke about it. became his life. It became his obsession. He published about it. He 
wrote articles about it. He didn't stop being an activist for it. He made the first public see in his yeshiva in 1930, which is another story. We'll get to that hopefully in part three, the history of the see Mashas. But Ramir Shapiro, which we're going to speak about more in part two, was definitely the one who got it off the ground, who made it rolling, and who made the movement happen. So, of course, he may have been riding on other ideas that were that existed at the time, but at the end of the day, he's the one who gets the credit for starting it. So this was uh, Yehudi Geber with uh, Jewish History Soundbites, part one of um, of this mini-series about the Dafyaimi. This episode, again, has been generously sponsored by MedEquipped, there to provide you or your loved one with a custom motorized wheelchair at home or at a facility that is completely covered by insurance. Call 845-237-2381 or email info at MedEquipped.com. Tell them that Yehuda from Jewish History Soundbites sent you, and then you can, of course, help to support support the great work of Jewish History Soundbites, and we accept uh, sponsorships. Like I said, you can email me at YGE. BSS at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, trips, tours, and sponsorships. You can subscribe to Jewish History Soundbites at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Don't miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at JSoundbites. And I hope you enjoyed.